Thanks for joining us. You're about to listen to another Sunday worship service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.
Good morning. Welcome to Clarkston United Methodist Church. I'm Pastor Amy. And I'm Pastor Megan. We're so glad you're here this morning. Today we are blessing the backpacks. Um, in just a little while, the children upstairs will come down and we'll have a special time to bless their backpacks and wish them well, as well as all of our uh, school professionals as well. We'll be blessing everyone. Um, because we're doing that, we do ask that you please wear your mask, especially when the kids are in here. Uh, as we know, they're not vaccinated yet, and so we want to make sure that we uh, provide a safe space for them as well. So thank you for doing that. Um, with uh, Sunday school starting, we do ask that kids wear masks up uh, in the Sunday school room, so they're all used to that as well, because they'll be wearing them in school now, we know too. So anyway, we thank you for your kind consideration and participation in that. Um, you have received, hopefully, by email, the survey that I have been talking about. Woo. Yay! So please check your email. There's a survey that we would like everyone to fill out. It's an opportunity for us to help uh, get you into what you would like. So um, it, it'll take your talents and gifts, ask you about that, what you'd like to share, and we will then be able to resource you and help you to connect to groups and organizations and ways to serve. So if you'll please do that, that would be great. Also, um, we have sent out to our uh, children's ministry a survey as well, um, asking parents to fill that out. It helps us to gauge what needs we have for programming for our children this fall and will allow us to know um, about how many are, are prepared to come back and how many uh, would like to continue to do ministry online. So please uh, let us uh, fill out that survey and let us know your thoughts on that. We are looking for the addresses for college-age young adults, people who have graduated from high school in the last four or five years or so who were involved in the program here and now are either at school or pursuing some other kind of certification, training, jobs, whatever it is. Um, if you have a young person in your life who was part of youth group here and has gone on uh, in the, and is four years or less out of high school, we'd love to know their address. We'd like to send them a care package and some other things throughout the year. And so it doesn't matter if they're in a dorm or in an apartment or they're living in your basement, we need to know where they're at so that we can send them a little something from the church to show support and love. There should be some information coming out in the e-news in the next couple of weeks, so keep an eye out for that. There's a form to fill out, and Jeremy Dean is the one to talk to if you have any questions about that. We have a kickoff Sunday happening on Sunday, September 12th. We have a ministry fair. There's going to be a picnic. There's going to be lots of different opportunities to learn about things going on in the life of our church. So please join us for September 12th. And before we even get to September 12th, choirs are starting back up for the fall. You can join Sarah and, uh, and others in all those choirs that sing. We've got bell choirs. We've got all kinds of choirs starting up throughout the month of September. And if you need more information, please don't hesitate to reach out to the office or to reach out to Sarah. She knows everything that's going on related to music. That's a big promise. No pressure, Sarah. No pressure. She'll answer all she your did, questions. She did say just music related to music, not everything. Not everything related to everything. But if you have questions about music, Sarah is the lead person to talk to. Finally, if you're new here with us today, if it's your first time worshiping with us and you're in the sanctuary, we have cards that say new here and we'd love for you to fill them out with your name and your email and your phone number and then drop these in the black offering boxes as you leave. 
There's a box in the narthex and there's a box in the gathering space. It's just a way to connect with you and answer any questions you may have or if there's something you want to let us know about. This card is an opportunity to do that. And then if you're worshiping with us online today, we invite you to take a moment to fill out attendance registration online because we can see all of your wonderful faces who are here in the sanctuary, but we can't see those of you who are online. So please let us know that you're here with us today. And I, th I think that's all we have to announce. So uh, let's take a moment. We're going to receive a gift of music and I think it's gonna help us all focus and settle and get ready to connect with God.
for the call to worship. God has set this day before us, a day set apart, a day of rest and praise. God has set our lives before us, a span of years in which we love and learn and serve. God has set God's seal upon our hearts so that we might live fully in deep love. Let us worship God. And now I invite you to stand as you're comfortable and turn and greet one another, welcome each other into worship. And at this time, I'd like to invite forward Shelby Ettinger. As you know, Shelby has served the past two years as our children's ministry coordinator, and she um, has now taken uh, a job in uh, Pontiac at, at Elcott Elementary, where she'll be teaching third grade. And so. Uh, we wanted to just take a moment to thank her for her ministry among us, especially during these difficult past uh, year and a half. She kind of came on board and then shortly thereafter had to figure out how to do Sunday school and engage our children in ways uh, virtually. And so we're very grateful for her ministry among us. We want to hear some uh, various cards from the congregation. And we want to just say thank you to Shelby for her time among us. The nice thing is we won't be losing Shelby. She'll still be here among us, and she'll be uh, teaching as a volunteer the Angels in Training class uh, this, this year, and so we're very excited about that. But let's uh, bow our heads and have a prayer for Shelby. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for Shelby and for her ministry among us, for the lives that she's touched, for the way that she has shared your love, the way that she has such a contagious spirit. Oh God, we are so grateful. We ask now that as she goes to teach this first class of third graders, we ask that you would bless her, give her your wisdom and guidance and strength, and bless each child that she will teach this year. Help them to know that they have a teacher who loves them. We give you thanks, oh God, for the many gifts that you have given Shelby, and may they drive her as she teaches. May she have confidence through you, and may she know that she can make a difference. We thank you, O oh God, and just ask your blessings upon this time. Thank you for Shelby. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Shelby. In this time together, we're going to take a moment and bless our students, our educators, and the school supplies that we've gathered that have gone out into our community. So as we bless the backpacks and the students and the teachers, we invite you to join us in the music that you'll see on the screen. 
but also at the end of our service, there are some backpack tags out in the gathering place. We encourage you to grab one for your backpack as you take off to school, so you remember that you are very loved, both by God and your Clarkston family. like to ask all students in the congregation and up, up here to please stand so that we can bless you. So that means even teenagers, everyone stand that's going to be a student this fall. Yes, Ben, you have to stand. <laughs> Let us pray. Lord, bless these backpacks and the children and youth who carry them as they begin yet another year of school. Give them peace when they feel nervous, focus when they feel distracted, energy when they feel tired. Open their minds to the lessons they will learn both in and outside of the classroom. Help them to make friends that build one another up and be friends for those who need them. Keep them safe in the midst of the unknowns of this school year. Guide them in making good choices as they grow in wisdom and maturity. Be ever present with them in the classroom, on the field, on the school bus, on the playground, and at home. And may they, may they always feel your loving care in all they do. Amen. Bless all the students, young ones and old ones, walking or riding, traveling by education professionals, whether you drive a bus or you're a principal or a college professor or a teacher, even if it's your first year starting out or even our retired teachers, we welcome you to stand so we can bless you as well. Let's pray. Lord, bless those in the ministry of teaching, those who are teaching now and have taught us before training our future generations. As they embark on this new school year, grant them energy, passion, discipline, and endurance for their daily tasks. Give them the wisdom and creativity that they need to be flexible in the face of the unknown. Infuse their classrooms with an atmosphere of care and mutual respect, that all interactions will be bathed in patience and understanding. Help their lessons to grow pupils in both knowledge and character, and help us all to support the work these educational leaders do, building up our community both in the past, the present, and in our future. Amen. Bless all who love 
through July and August, we invited you to collect and donate backpacks and school supplies for those who may need them in the Clarkston area. And those donations have already been sent forth to Lighthouse and partner organizations to distribute them to kids in need. But we can still pray over those backpacks, even though they've left our doors. So I invite you to join me now in an attitude of prayer. Lord, bless the backpacks and school supplies that have been donated and sent forth from this place, and bless the children and youth who will use them. Let these physical gifts be symbols of the love and support we give to our community throughout the year. Help us to look upon each child in our community as one of our own, helping them to grow in character and in knowledge. Amen. In just a moment, Reverend Christie will lead the kids back up to Sunday school, and we invite parents to check them out up in the Sunday school wing. And please don't forget to get your backpack tag for your backpacks. Some kids are poor and some kids are The scripture reading today is from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude. And on the seventh day, God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Today is the last Sunday of our Refrigerator Theology Sermon Series, and so um, I hope you'll get your last magnet, and if you did not get any of the others, please uh, know that they are available at the welcome desk, and you can pick them up there. Next Sunday, my husband Mike, who is also ordained, and I will be doing a dialogue sermon together for our worship. And the week after that, September 12th, we'll begin our next sermon series, uh, which we're calling Revive. So be on the lookout for more information about all of that. But now let's pray. Holy and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was the fall of 2019, and we had a lot going on in our family. It was the 
middle of our daughter's junior year swim season, and at least at North Farmington High School, the juniors had a lot of additional responsibilities, which meant that so did their parents. Our son, Ben, was in a play at school. I won't go into too many details about that, but there were a lot of different rehearsals and things like that, and so we were running around a lot that fall. There were three new staff members at Orchard United Methodist Church where I was serving, and we had an ambitious fall programming schedule. We were in the middle of all of that, and we were also preparing for this big generosity dinner that we had been talking about and planning for a long time. The bishop was coming to speak. We had a worship service. We had all kinds of things ready to go. It was the middle of October. I was driving Ben one morning to school when I saw a flash in my eye. I thought, okay, this is, I've had this before. This is a stress migraine. I've got a lot going on. I'm stressed out. That's what this is. Another day or two went by. I had some floaters, and I was talking to the church secretary, and she was telling me about how her daughter was coming home from U of M for fall break, and I thought, fall break, that would be so nice. I wish someone would give us a fall break. To which she responded, I believe that's your job to do. (laughs) You're the one who declares fall break. Well, the next day, we were in a staff meeting, and I decided it was probably time to go see the ophthalmologist because I was still having those floaters, and so I left staff meeting and went, and sure enough, I had a torn retina. They sent me right away to the retina specialist, and they put a gas bubble into my eye to make sure that everything's come back in place, and for a week, I had to sit like this. I texted the staff to let them know what was going on, and the secretary said, that wasn't what I meant by a break being up to you. Now, a whole week with your head down like this is certainly a break of sorts, not maybe the kind I was looking for, but it forced me to stop. It forced me to rely on others to just spend time with myself and with God. I certainly wouldn't recommend this type of time off, but it reminded me of how much I need to ensure that I take time off, that I take a day off, that I take vacation, because we hadn't had a vacation that summer. See, we were saving up and planning for a European vacation in 2020, so uh, that didn't work out. But anyway, when I do take a day off and I do take vacation, It allows me to refocus and be my best self. I've been praying with all my might, and I hope you are too, that we will come out of this COVID soon. I'm grateful that we're able to do all that we're able to do, and I pray for normalcy. It's been a rough year and a half. But I also think that this time has taught us some things. It taught us to slow down. It taught us to take notice. It taught us to spend time with God. During this time, online worship numbers soared. Families spent quality time together. We appreciated the outdoors so much more and God's beauty more than ever. We got creative. We learned about Sabbath. We might not know that that's what we learned about, but we learned about Sabbath. We learned about the importance of rest We might not have wanted to have learned all of this, but we did. 
And now as life maybe is getting back to normal a little bit, we're in danger of forgetting those things that we learned. I read a small business uh, and marketing blog that shared that over 10 million Americans average more than 60 hours of work a week. And the average American receives 13 vacation days a year, but 34% don't take a single day off. When people work 12 hours a day, they only have four hours of recharge time before sleep is required. Now, these statistics are four years old, but during the lockdown, people experienced burnout more than in normal times. Why? Part of it was that working from home meant that they didn't stop working. There were issues, of course, concerns about job security, but when you're working in your home environment, there's not really that clear cutoff. You don't have to stop. Also, we were dealing with life that felt so out of control. Work was something that we could control. We could manage that. We could control that. Of course, there was nowhere to go. For a long time, we couldn't leave. We couldn't go anywhere. And so it was hard to take time off while we were in the midst of that. Yet I think that we all know that when we take time off, when we take time away, we work better and we work smarter. And we're in general better just to be around. It's in our DNA. As my doctor once told me many years ago as I was preparing for surgery, she said, this is how we are created. We have a rhythm that includes rest. Now, we first learn about this rhythm in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the very beginning. We know, of course, it starts with God creating the earth. God takes six days to create, and on the seventh day, God rested. God stopped. God took time to admire what God had done and said, it is good. And then God rested. In Exodus, the second book, God makes rest a commandment. While the Israelites are wandering in the wilderness, Moses goes up a mountain, and there God gives him the Ten Commandments. Ten rules for living. Rules like, have no other gods before me. Rules like, do not build a graven image. Rules like, don't steal, don't kill. And remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Two weeks ago, I talked about how Jesus never seemed to get a break. The crowds were always pressing in on him. In the Gospel of Mark, one of Jesus' very first miracles is the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. He's in the house healing her, and when he comes out, there's a giant crowd, a huge line of all kinds of people in need of healing, those who are sick, those who are demon-possessed. And I can just imagine how Jesus must have felt as he walked out and he saw the whole town there lined up. It never stopped. He probably just wanted to yell, go home, I need a break. But he didn't. But the next morning, Mark tells us that while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off by himself. He took a break. He spent some time in prayer, and then he went back. After God created, God rested, We have a call for rest, for Sabbath as a Ten Commandment, and even Jesus 
needed to take a break. He needed some time off. If God rested and made the Sabbath a commandment equal to thou shall not kill, and if even Jesus, God in human flesh, needed some time to just stop and be and pray, don't we all need some time off to relax, to renew, to spend intentional time with God? I read another blog, and the title of this uh, article was, But Why Are People Not Taking Their Day Off? They interviewed 1,200 workers from a U.S. software firm, and they found four main ways that forgoing a day off was rationalized. The first was that their employer disapproved. A significant number of people avoid taking a day off because they are nervous about requesting one. 19% of those who were surveyed reported having experienced pressure from management to stay at work. Another reason that people don't take time off is they have career goals, and they're afraid that if they take time off, then they won't be in line for a promotion, that they won't be able to advance in their careers. The third reason was that vacation causes stress. Getting ready to leave and all that has to be done and worrying about if it will get done and what you have to come home to just is too stressful to take the time off. And finally, most people uh, felt that they, were have, they would be having a working vacation anyway. They would check in in the office. They would be expected to check in. Um, and, and the last point, that they actually felt like vacation time was often used to work more intensely. It was time away you could get more done. We've developed a culture that makes taking time off shameful and impossible without embracing the benefits of time off, like resetting yourself mentally or the physical benefits. I mean, we all know that what stress does to us and to our heart health. We feel more productive when we return from an actual vacation, from an actual break. We're ready to go. We're recharged. When we take time off and time away, we're able to spend it with people we love and rekindle relationships. And when we do that, we also end up resetting our, our priorities and our focus. When Jesus returned from his break after healing Peter's mother-in-law, he announced that it was time to move forward so he could preach because that was what he came to do. His time away allowed him to remember his identity, to remind himself of his focus, to rejuvenate his spirit, and to continue work. He needed time off to be removed from all the demands that were made on his time. Now, we know that Jesus was both fully human and fully divine, and his need for rest came from both sides of him. God created in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested and said, it's good. Moses receives the Ten Commandments, and God has put in there, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. God knew that we as humans needed the time too. Sabbath actually exposes something about God. God doesn't spend six days in, of work in coercion, but in faithful invitation. God doesn't spend the seventh day in exhaustion, but in serenity and peace. God's not anxious about creation. Sabbath announces the world is safely in God's hands. The world relies on God's promises, not on our human efforts. 
Sabbath gives us time for focus, for renewal, for listening to God. Now, people aren't to live as if time belongs to us. All time belongs to God, and God declares just one day. Remembering the Sabbath is not a mental act, it's an action. Now, there's no actual mention of worship in the commandment, but a Sabbath day for the Lord leaves room for it. God's resting is a divine act that builds into the very created order of things in that working, resting rhythm. Only when the rhythm is honored is creation the way God intended it to be. When we neglect Sabbath, it contributes to the spread of chaos. God rested. We're created in God's image. Don't we need to rest too? Sabbath just shouldn't be countercultural. Marva Dawn, who's one of um, uh, a great author, the great authors who speaks about Sabbath and that routine, um, says Sabbath is not just about ceasing from work itself, but also from the need to accomplish and be productive, from worry and tension that accompany our modern criterion of efficiency, from our efforts to be in control of our lives as if we were God from our possessiveness and our enculturation, and finally, from the humdrum and meaninglessness that result when life is pursued without God at the center of it all. The Sabbath day is a day to cease from whatever our work is. But let's get practical. It's hard, right? Sometimes a whole day is not possible to stop. It simply isn't easy to stop, to totally stop and spend time with God. Do you know how to sit still? I don't know about you. I am not good at sitting still anymore, and I, I do blame my phone, right? I have to be quiet. Look at, you know, you look around yourself. You're standing in line. People are on their phones. We're sitting and waiting for a, a table at a restaurant. We're looking at our phones. We don't just stop. So let's try and stop for a moment. Let's try and be quiet for one minute. I know some of you already have your eyes closed, so it won't be hard. But let's take a minute to totally stop. This might not translate as well online. There's nothing wrong with your TV or your computer. We're just going to stop for one minute and be still. One minute. Let's see if we can do it. Okay. Is that weird? Was that hard for anybody? Yeah? Anybody feel anxious? I know I did. I'm like 15 seconds in. I'm thinking, this is too long. This is too long. 
But the reality is, one minute of just stopping and ceasing allows us to clear our minds, to let go of the things that we are worrying about, and to pray. It's a way to have a mini Sabbath when you simply can't stop. Now, I take a day off every week. I take Fridays off. Um, I work Sunday through Thursday, and so Friday and Saturdays I take off. Saturday is a lot of time usually with family and activities that we go to, all that kind of stuff. But on Fridays, I try to have my Sabbath day, but my Sabbath day does include some work. I just simply have things that I have to get done, right? I have to get the house in order. I have to go grocery shopping and do laundry and change the beds and do all of those kinds of things. But the reality is when I do those things, then I'm able to let go and relax because they're all done. And I feel like I've been a good mother and wife and I've taken care of everybody, which is something that I want to be able to do. But what I also find and this has not happened all that much lately, but when I'm the only one in the house and I get to spend this time doing the things for my family, I find myself praying for them. So I'll be making their beds and thinking about them and offering a prayer for them, or I'll be folding their clothes and praying for them, which also has the nice effect of making me not resent that I'm spending my day off folding their clothes. But it becomes a spiritual experience for me. Those things are done, I feel good, and then I can spend the rest of the day just being with myself and being with God. I need the recharge that Fridays give me. As hard as stopping can be, as hard as quiet time can be, we need it. I don't know about you, but when I run and run and run and don't rest, I get sick, I get run down, I start to forget things and I don't do my best. Our bodies are simply not built for a rhythm of work, work, work. That's not how God intended us to be. Even God rests, even Jesus took breaks and went away and had solitary time in the mornings. God has given us this amazing gift of Sabbath and made it the law. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really want to break any of the Ten Commandments. So for heaven's sake, take a day off. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you thanks for the gift of the Sabbath, which reminds us to stop and be with you. Help us to find a healthy rhythm that engages you and puts you at the center of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I want to take this opportunity to remind you to sign up for our weekly prayer email if you haven't already done so. Go to the main page, clarkstonumc.org, and scroll to the very, very bottom of the page. You'll see some tiny text at the very bottom that says sign up for emails. You click there, and you can sign up not only for the prayer concern and celebration email, but also for the e-news and a couple of other e-opportunities, email opportunities. And then if you find that there's something you'd like us to be in prayer for, there are a lot of easy ways to request prayer as well. I want to remind, them of, remind us of them really quickly this morning. If you're in the sanctuary, there's a prayer request card in every pew, and you can take a minute and fill that out and drop those prayer requests in the black offering, offering and prayer card boxes. There's one in the narthex, and there's one in the gathering space as you leave this morning. If you're online or you know, at any point throughout the week, you can request prayer through our website, and uh, you see the address on the screen there. You can also text prayer requests to the number on the screen. If you haven't done that, you text the word prayer as your message to that phone number, and it will respond back with a link that you click, and it'll take you through where you can fill out your information for prayer. Or if all of these other options feel overwhelming and you just need to talk to a person, call the church office and you can request prayer that way. And now I want to invite you to take a deep breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Let's pray together. God of creation and God of Sabbath, it's hard to take a break. So much of who we are seems tied to what we do, how much we can produce, how much we can accomplish, how much we can cross off of our to-do list. And even for those of us who aren't wired for that kind of lifestyle, we feel the pressure to live up to other people's expectations of us. So God, help us to remember that you love us just the way we are. Help us to breathe. Help us to make space. Help us to remember that even when we rest, even when we produce or do nothing, you love us. Even when we're not hustling, when we're not doing, when we're not accomplishing, we have value. We are loved. We are worth loving. One of the most radical things we can do in modern America is take a break. Resting is countercultural in so many parts of our society, and yet Jesus frequently went away by himself to pray, to be, to spend time with you, God. Help us find that kind of time this week. Help us as we look at our busy schedules and our busy to-do lists to set it all aside for a day or an hour or a moment so that we can have some much-needed time apart. May we model Jesus in the way that we live, and may we model Jesus in the way that we pray, as we pray now together the words he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Those of you who have been with us for the past couple of years know that we built and renovated our building over uh, a series of years not too long ago, and we did so with the intention of creating a resource for the Clarkston community. The vision behind our building and renovation project was to create a tool for ministry, a place that would be of benefit to the community, that benefit to Clarkston and beyond. And as we head into fall, we are really excited to be able to open our building back up to many groups who have not been able to meet here with COVID, as well as continue greeting groups that have met uh, throughout the past year and a half. Many of these groups use this building not only as a place to meet, but as a launching pad for ministry and things that they offer to the community. Our building allows us to host groups like Alcoholics Anonymous that provides community and support and healing to people who, who need that. We host the Optimist Group. Many of you are familiar with them. We host Coffee Club, which is a professional networking group for the Clarkston area. And we look forward to again hosting the Clarkston City Council, the Garden Club, Community Fit, a driving school, that's new this fall, um, as well as programs like Urban Vine that are designed for adults with special needs. There are so many groups, these and many, many more, who use this building as a resource. And it's your generosity and your financial gifts that make this possible. Allow us to offer our space so that the community can use it and the community can benefit. So thank you. Thank, for, thank you for your part in making this building possible, making this building be a resource. And we invite you to join with us and to continue to walk with us in this endeavor. We invite you to make a financial investment in this ministry to support all of the work that happens here. If you'd like to make a financial gift, you can see on the screen ways to do that. You can go to our website, you can text to give. Again, you're texting that word give to the number on the screen. Um, you can mail in checks to the church building, or if you are with us in the sanctuary, you can drop a gift in one of those offering boxes as you leave. However you choose to give, we thank you. It's your generosity that makes everything that we do here possible. As we receive this gift of music now, I invite us all to consider how God might be calling us to respond, whether it's financially, through prayer, or through some other avenue that the Holy Spirit might be calling us to. Waked before, moved by the sound of his voice, and seas that are shaken and stern can be calmed and broken for my regard. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And through it all, through it all, it is well. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. And it is well with me.
and far be it for me to not believe even when my eyes can see and this mountain that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea and through it all through it all my eyes are on you and through it all through it all it is well and through it all through it all my eyes are on you and it is well it is well so let go my soul and trust in him the waves and wind still know his name so let go my soul and trust in him the waves and wind still
All that we have and all that we are come from you, O God, and we are grateful people. And so we offer ourselves and our gifts back to you, knowing that you will bless and multiply them for the furtherance of your kingdom here on earth. Guide us as we go to be your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now with the confidence of the children of God, go from this place, finding time to be with God, even if it's just a minute, taking time to remember and to place God at the center of your life. Go forth in peace and love. Amen.
You've been listening to the Sunday worship service from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.